Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. In this episode, I chat with Rick Holmes, the founder of Relate Then Educate. He is also a 20-year veteran classroom teacher and former high school basketball coach. Rick has a bachelor's degree in education and a master's degree in school counseling. When he left the classroom a few years ago to pursue new adventures, he found that his heart was still with his teacher friends at school. Through Relate Then Educate, Rick and his team work to help teachers see just how valuable they are through the stories they tell of their experiences, the wisdom of what they've learned, and the message that they're uniquely equipped to do extraordinary things both inside and outside of the classroom. The Relate Then Educate message is simple. Teachers are valuable as human beings first, and they are justified in both protecting and investing in themselves. During our conversation, we talked about shifting the focus from how to do education to reminding teachers about why they're in the field. No amount of PD or instructional coaching will reignite a fire within a teacher like asking them about their story, their why. The problem is, we don't ask this enough. And thus, the amazing work that teachers do on a daily basis are perceived as nothing more than mundane tasks. They say that they are just a teacher. How do we shift these conversations and perceptions? How do we encourage teachers to embrace their positions proudly? Rick has a few suggestions for both teachers and administrators. Let's dive into this episode to hear what he has to say. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Counter Narrative Podcast. Thank you for still coming back after all this time. We are well into season six. Now, I, I'll be honest, when I when I started doing these, I had no idea how to do seasons. So my seasons, it's not, we haven't been around for six years. It's, it's three seasons. It's like, you know, uh, at school, we've got our fall, we've got our spring, we've got our summer. So uh, this is season six, excited. Um, because we are continuing to reach out and to connect with individuals that are not in my normal circle, um, but I am branching out and connecting through people. So very excited. Uh, today we have Rick joining us, Rick Holmes um, for Relate Then Educate. I met Rick through Katie. Um, that's how I first started hearing about him. Then we connected. Rick, how how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just glad to be here. Glad to be talking to you. Um, yeah, Katie Kinder, shout out to her. She's amazing. Uh, and, and I was able to actually meet her and get to talk with her. Uh, Aaron and I actually had dinner with her a few weeks ago. And you talk about 
connecting quick. Mm -hmm. Like we, her story paired with my story and, and our hearts, you know, are, are headed in the same direction and it was great. And she had talked about you. Uh, she said that you were the principal that, that teachers always want. Oh. <laughs> she, she, she had a lot of great things to say about you. Nice. Uh, high praise. And uh, I just am so glad to be here talking to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, for those of you listening, Katie, Katie Kinder, she has been on the show twice now. Um, I should have written down some notes here so I could tell you what episode, but go back. You can find her. Um, an amazing individual. So happy that we have crossed paths. But Katie, as much as I love you, we're not here to talk about you. Um, we're here <laughs> to talk with Rick. Uh, so Rick, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, you know, kind of your pathway. And then my favorite part, maybe something interesting about you that most people don't know. Oh, Wow. Well, my history is this. Uh, I was born and raised into a family of educators. Um, my mom and dad put in 80 years combined uh, in you know, primarily public school. Um, and so I grew up understanding the reverence behind education and the importance of that. And then I also got to hear a lot of the nuance in you know relationships with kids, with other teachers, with administrators and all that. So fast forward, I, I go to college um, and got my degree, began my educational career, um, and, and I taught and coached for 20 years. Um, and you know, I, I taught in large schools, small schools, urban and rural, private and public. So I got a taste of a lot uh, of different venues for education. And you know, it's that that teaching and education is just deeply seated in my heart. And um, about three years ago, I, I made a change in my life, in my career, and I, I uh, left education, uh, but my heart never left. And uh, of course, pandemic hit and um, I got, I watched my wife, uh, she's an elementary school counselor, and watch what she was going through. And I was connecting with uh, a lot of my my friends that were still teaching and my heart, um, it just, it hurt for them. And um, I heard a lot about what was going on in education, but it seemed like a lot of those stories weren't coming from teachers. And so I started a, a project called Relate Then Educate, and it's, it's grown quite a bit uh, over the last few months. Uh, but we primarily, we want to allow teachers to share their stories, share their wisdom. Uh, we do that in, in a lot of different ways, really any way that we can find, uh, we, we pursue that. So, um, you know, that's kind of my, my path and, and where it's been. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, what people may not know about me, I would say about 10 years ago, um, I was prompted, and it's a whole other story, but I was prompted to begin to take some risks, um, and both within my career in the classroom, things like that, trying new things, but also in my personal life. Um, and so I, I had a conversation with my daughter. I was putting her to bed one night, and, and you know, as parents do, they, 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 try to instill some wisdom uh, at times. And so in our conversation, uh, we were, I was talking to her about, you know, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to accomplish? And, you know, you, you need to take just one step toward that and then take another step. And so we talked about what it is that she wanted to do. And then she said, well, dad, what, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, kiddo, I 
I always wanted to be, you know, in a commercial or in a movie. And she said, well, dad, you know, you, you need to take that first step. And then you need to take another step. <laughs> and I said, Hey, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and so I, I told her, I said, by the end of the summer, I'm, I'm going to have been in something. And, uh, turns out I, I did a little, uh, fishing and, and got a, um, got a part in a movie. It was a, an indie film out of Oklahoma city. Uh, and I ended up doing a, a few movies and, and some commercials and stuff. Um, but it was just fun. You know, it wasn't like I was delving into that to, to feed my family, but it was just something that sparked in me a creative, um, opportunity. And it, it fed me a lot of energy and a lot of that went right back into my classroom. So, um, you know, that I don't tell a lot of people about that because I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's worth talking about really. Uh, but you know, you asked, so I told you. Hey, hey I, I love it. You know, it's, it's Rick, the, the educator, the entertainer. I, I like this. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, you know, I'm, I'm only assuming, cause I know I will, right. People are going to be like, Ooh, we're going to Google Rick on IMDB. See if we can find him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they, won't, they won't find much You're like, no, no. <laughs> that, that's awesome and, and it's it's interesting you know that uh it, it's i i always find it interesting my, my wife and i we have five daughters and you know when we try to be the parent we're instilling advice and wisdom and in that moment that they turn it around on you and you're yeah. like yeah wait a minute like i'm so used to giving out advice and wisdom I'm, I'm yes. not always practiced, right, with 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 living yeah. that as well. So, I'm I'm glad that your daughter. It, it's to me, to me, those moments are so exciting because you, and and what I, you know, when people ask me about you know what it is that I'm doing, things like that, and and they're they're curious about it. I'm like, you know, there's something in everyone that we want to do, but if we don't pay attention to that or we just push that part of us to the side, then it goes dormant. And that thing that is kind of calling out to each one of us, you know, deep in our heart that, that it maybe we were a kid when we first came across it, but it's something that we just always have wanted to do. That is where the life is. It's where the energy is. And, you know, if you're tired and if you're burned out, um, tap into that place in your heart because it will feed you. Um, it's just that people tend not to uh, pay attention to that because it may be frivolous or it may be a, a bit absurd for an adult to want to do, you know, you, you've never gone to Disney World, but you wanted to go to Disney World. Well, try it, try it and see what that does to your heart because it can lead to other things. Like if, if I can do this, what else could I do? And that just begins to feed you as an individual, you as a person. And then, you know, as a benefit to that, you are able to give that energy away to your students or your children or your wife or your, your husband. Um, it's, it's a positive feedback loop that uh, I want to draw people's attention to because it's, it is fun, you know? Absolutely. And, it, and it's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about because just as I said, you know, a lot of times I think, and, and as an administrator, I think a lot of times we're very practiced into saying, hey, teachers do this, do this, do this. And as teachers, then they're doing that with their own students. But mm -hmm. as you said earlier, a lot of times what happens in the mix of that is that the teachers' voices get lost, right? We don't hear back from them as much as maybe we should. 
And so I'm curious, mm. you know, in the months that you've been doing this and, and even leading up to you doing this work, you know, what are some of the things that you have learned about as teachers start to open up and to share their own stories, the, you know, that the power behind that? Oh my goodness. It's, you know, I, I grew up around teachers. I worked with teachers, but when I began to sit down with multiple teachers and just talking about them and their experiences and, you know, the, the, the things that uh, they love and the things that frustrate them and things like that, we would eventually get back around to like, you know, why they got into education. And more often than you would think, these stories are extraordinary and, and they, they inform why this person is a great teacher. It's because, you know, we have a book coming out, uh, in, in, uh, you know, late, uh, this year and the stories in it speak to this. Um, but it, it, for reference point, it is, the kid that was in second grade that had a really rough family life and, and maybe struggled in reading and things like that. And they had a teacher and the teacher just connected with them on a human level. Right. And they learned to read and they began to grow and they, and they began to see the world as a fruitful place and a place where they had, you know, a seat at the table and they could, they could uh, accomplish things. And so that person grows up, goes to college and then teaches second grade and is giving that back. Right. And you would think, well, that's a great story, but that's, you know, that's not the norm. No, it, it, it happens all the time, all the time. It's not, it's not uh, unique. It's not a unicorn. It is a, a, a rhythm of, of, if you begin to talk to teachers a lot, you begin to hear that rhythm of, uh, I want to be like Mrs. So-and-so that helped me so much. Right. Um, you, you, you see just how much teachers love their kids and, and how much they're willing to give and not get back. Um, and, and it, it really, it, it feeds me energy to the extreme, but it also breaks my heart at the same time because the, the teachers that I talk to will talk about all of these extraordinary things. They will drop wisdom like it's just that just like, yeah, of course I do that every day. And it's like, no, no, no. What you did there in that moment was extraordinary and, and it was complex and normal people can't do that kind of thing um, because they, they just don't have, you know, the, the social emotional uh, IQ that it takes to be able to do that. But then in the same breath, they will discard all of their experiences and wisdom and brush it away and, and say things like, I'm just a teacher. I'm, I'm just a teacher. And so what I, I, I began to see and began to like in my heart want to do is just to reflect accurately back to them, how special they are and how, how extraordinarily equipped they are. Um, and how just wonderful their hearts are and, and what they're doing. Right. Um, not in a euphemistic way, not, not to patronize them, but to say, no, 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 you don't understand. Like normal people can't operate in the world the way that you do. You are special. Um, and then what comes with that, which is a, a kind of a difficult message to carry out is if the environment that you're in is not 
making you feel uh, as special as you actually are, then maybe you need to, you know, move to a different place that that will love you and protect you and and feed back to you the energy that you're giving out. Um, it's it, that that is a difficult um, tightrope to walk because I don't want teachers to leave education. I want them to stay, but not at their detriment and, and not at, at, at them sacrificing themselves. And then that's really what Relate and Educate is all about. You know, let's start with you first. Let's, let's make you, uh, healthy and strong and, and, uh, creative and loving the fact that you, of what you do and, and who you are, and that will then magnify what it is that you do in the classroom. So, you right? know, Rick, you, you said a lot of powerful things here, right? The, the, and I want to start off with this. The, the purpose of this podcast initially was just designed to challenge those dominant narratives out there. And, and I love yeah. the fact that you talked about just a teacher because you're right. In society, there are so many people that have these negative ideas of what a teacher is or it's just well, you're just a teacher. Right. You show up at eight, you get to leave at three, you get summers off, like you, right. all of these things. And, you you know, you get to you play with your kids all day and you send them home and it's like you have no clue. But I think what happens a lot and, you know, we've talked about on this show is that we hear these narratives and we begin to internalize them. Yes. So as educators, we just we echo that same sentiment. And you're right. We, we start to develop this idea of who we are. And so going back to what you said earlier I have this passion that I want to pursue, but I, you know, that, that doesn't connect to this. And I think that we as uh, administrators, as we talk about, you know, we kind of talked about before the show, you know, when we view that and we do our PDs and we connect with teachers, there's a lot of how, right. And I think, and and to be honest, I've been reflecting since our last conversation, when I continue to connect with you and all I'm telling you is this is how you should do your job. This is how you should do your job. What I'm saying is, you're incompetent, right? You don't have the capacity. But what if I said, no, you have the capacity, you have the drive, you have the passion. Let's reconnect with that. You, As you mentioned earlier, your why. Let's talk about your why. There's a reason why you're here and let that fuel you, right? I understand sometimes we need some direction. Mm-hmm. That passion and that drive behind it is going to get you a lot farther than me sitting down and saying, well, here's a a series of uh, PD on, I don't know, higher order questioning, like, because if yeah. you don't care, it doesn't matter. No matter how good the PD is, if that fire is gone, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, th- there is a measure of, and, and my heart is for the young teachers, the teachers from, you know, zero to five, because there are statistics, 43% get out because they just, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Uh, and to me, that is a heart issue, not 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 an intellectual. It's not frontal lobe. It's it's not a puzzle to fix. It is my heart was not strong enough to endure the first few years of challenging skill set building, and and I want to reframe that because you know the the fact that teachers need to learn how to teach is real, and but it's not a forever thing. So for instance, when you come into the classroom, you need some basic, uh, you know, kind of foundational things. And, and a friend of mine, you know, Joe Lane, who, who is a, a teacher coach here in Oklahoma, she talks about, you know, 
you're you need to be able to do to give instruction concisely. You need to give instruction from the front of the room and make sure that your kids understand that this is a moment for I'm giving you instruction on how to do this particular thing. And then you delve into the, uh, you know, it's kind of the details of that per child. Um, but, you know, knowing your kids' names in the first few days, uh, you know, how can a, a seating chart affect you positively or negatively, depending on your teaching style? These really basic things can help you kind of set up a framework to then uh, build this really dynamic and, uh, and, and really difficult skill set that you need to be able to run a classroom of say 30 kids, you know, and, and if you're in middle school, it's 30 kids every hour. Uh, you know, you, that is not something someone can just walk in off the, the street and do, and it takes three, four five years to, to learn it. But when when you have that skill set, then you can begin to like play with it. You know, what do I want to do with my classroom? But if you don't have any juice to do that after four or five years, you're not coming back. You're going to go do something else. Um, and I want to draw attention to that skill set because it's so valuable in the marketplace. You know, teachers once I began to, you know, I, I left education, I got into business, I, I began to hear this, this note of, hey, no one talks about it, but teachers are the best people to pick up because they, they show up, they're on time, they, they will work really hard for not a lot of money. Um, they're great with people, they, they do everything that they need to do, they're detail people. And I'm like, wait a minute, teachers don't feel valuable. Like, Myself, I said, I would say I'm just a teacher by default. That's what I would say. And I'm like, wow, no, we teachers are a valuable commodity in, in the marketplace that nobody talks about. Um, but it's because of that skill set. So, but I, I think I got off onto it, you know, kind of a rabbit trail. <laughs> but but the, the, the premise is you have to feed the heart. Otherwise, the other won't have a, a venue. You you won't be in the classroom, you know, four or five. Well, used to teachers would teach for 20, 30 years. You know, that was kind of the norm. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, and I want to keep teachers there. I, I want them to be fulfilled in what they do, feel valuable about what they do, uh, and feel good about themselves. And st stop saying things like, I'm just a teacher. Like, no, I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm incredible. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I want. Live, live that right. Claim it. So yeah, I, I'm curious. So we're we're talking a lot about this, and I think what we're saying isn't new. We we've said this many many times in many many ways, and yet here we are still having the conversation because it's still the reality. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this podcast right now and saying, "Rick, I agree with you," maybe they're a teacher, maybe they're an administrator. So I want to tackle this from two different angles. As an educator, as a teacher, what are some things that I can do to kind of step outside of that instead of just defaulting to, I'm just a teacher? What are some things that I can do when I go back into work this week that I can do so that way I can live my truth as being an amazing educator? And then mm -hmm. on the other side to say as an administrator, what can I do to support my teachers to build an environment where they don't feel like they're just teachers? Yeah, absolutely. So practical next steps. Um, as a, as a teacher, 
I, here's what I would say. I would say, number one, when you go back to school, you need to begin to be aware of your environment and begin to shape your environment so that you are protected as a, as a person and a human being. Um, and we talk about when, when we do professional development about uh, self-care, we talk about, first of all, being aware of how you feel, uh, checking in with yourself, because you, you can go through a, a, a day, you know, and have a really difficult day in the classroom. And then the bell rings and you're doing work uh, for the next couple of hours. And then you get in your car and then you eat and you never stop to, to really look at like, how, how am I doing? Um, and so that alone can, can really s raise some red flags. Like if you're ending school, say at three thirty, four o'clock and you take two minutes to sit at your desk and, you know, shut the door, lock the door, turn out the light and just sit with yourself for a couple of minutes and you feel your hands are shaking or your chest is hot, um, because you're so angry, frustrated. Uh, maybe you've got a fear response or a panic uh, disorder. Uh, like, like there are a lot of things that go under, uh, they go unnoticed, but we want to draw attention to this. And then once you can see it and, and recognize where you're at, honestly, then take steps to, um, here are some practical steps that we talk about. Maybe you need to change the environment of your classroom, like turning off the overhead lights and bringing in a few lamps. Um, you know, a lot of people have smart boards and there are channels where you can pull up on the smart board, a fireplace or a beach scene. Uh, and, and what we have heard from various teachers is that when they begin to shape their classroom as their environment and own it, their kids feel more comfortable in that environment. Right. Um, and then starting when you begin to shape your environment toward health, and, and healthy living for you as an individual. That means, you know, you, you know, being comfortable in your environment, but then also having really healthy boundaries for yourself. Um, one of the common things that we've heard a lot in the last two years is I don't work past my contracted hours anymore. And, you know, for me, when I first heard that, I was like, what? Like, it's the norm to stay. But when the pandemic hit, teachers recognize I can't, if I want to do this for more than a couple of years, I'm going to have to set good boundaries. And that means I have to leave at four. And that also means that I have to leave work at work. So don't bring papers home. When we bring that up in professional development, we get some chuckles. Um, but here's the thing. When you begin to set your boundaries, you know, I, I start work at say 7.30, whatever it is, and then I end it at four and that's my school time. What do you then do? You then open up an opportunity for you as a person, as an individual to discover what it is that you want to do. Do you love to read? Then go read instead of grading papers, right? What could that do in the long term? You know, feeding yourself. Do you like movies? Do you like to cook? Um, you know, do, do you want to do a, a side hustle? You know, do you want to make bracelets? What, whatever it is, that can feed you. And then you can then, well, once you're fed, you can then give the, more to your kids, but in a healthy way, boundaries, right? One other thing that I would like to note in that is that veteran teachers, um, 
I, I know without even meeting the people that listen to this, this podcast, but I know the veteran teachers out there and veteran educators in their first few years likely had a, a tremendous amount of frustration and, and they just have had a difficult time and they likely had no one to say, Hey, you're not alone. And, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be rough for a while. It's not going to be what you thought, but it's going to be really, really good. If you needed, as a, as a veteran teacher, if you needed somebody to say something to you positive and uplifting when you were in first, second, third, fourth year of your teaching career, then be that for somebody else. Because there is somebody in your building that you could probably see in their face, I know where you're at. Go to them and say, listen, you're not alone. I'm not trying to fix your problems. I'm just saying, if you need something, let me know. That, that is powerful because teachers tend to silo themselves off because there is an environment of scarcity in schools, right? Um, but begin to give to your fellow educators when you know where they are because you were there. Um, and then, you know, as, as an administrator, like we talked about, I would emphasize, especially in the next 12 to 18 months, the why and not the how. Professional development that is talking about how teachers can, can do better, do more, uh, learn to be this or whatever, that is hitting a brick wall at the moment. Teachers are so tired. They're so tired and they have no capacity to do any more than they are doing because they're doing so much and just feed their heart. And, you know, I, I think that alone, uh, when we talk to administrators that want to bring us in, they are connected with their teachers. They know their teachers are in a place that they just, they're running on fumes and they need some love and they need somebody to tell them you're not alone. And, um, that, that, just identifying the fact that, hey, we're in, we're in a unique position and we want to accommodate that um, says a lot to teachers because a lot of people don't, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people do not recognize where a teacher is at, mm -hmm. right? So I, that was pretty long-winded. I apologize. Hey, no, no, that's great. And, I, and, and I'm hoping that whoever's listening or watching right now, you know, that you have your notebook out and that you're writing these things down because they're... They're simple and yet they're impactful and powerful, right? Understanding where you're at, whether it's, as you mentioned, right, whether I'm journaling at the end of the day, whether I'm just kind of doing a mindfulness check. Uh, my my co-host from my other show, uh, Michael McWilliams, he has a huge chart, you know, in, in elementary where they do like the clips, yeah. where, like you're behaving what will. It's a similar co concept, but instead it's an emotional one. Like, where am I at today? Yeah. Right? And teachers can move that clip around. And so being cognizant, you know, of where you're at, Definitely. I love the idea of, of pushing back against toxic positivity. Yes. You're right. Like any other field, like my, my daughter, um, my, my second to youngest daughter was just had her first job at forever 21. And she would tell me about how, you know, she was supposed to be out by this time, but they were having her work till this time. They were having her punch out, but she was still working. And I was like, absolutely not. Like if you, if they have you punch out, you walk out of that store. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, but we, we've, we've normalized that culture with an education. And not only have we normalized it, yeah. we've built structures and expectations around it to where it's like, yeah, no, you get your one prep hour per day, 
which is maybe because sometimes I might need you to skip that prep to go do that. But still, I need your papers graded. Mm -hmm. Like, like we need to definitely come back to normalizing and not just teachers, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm saying this to my fellow administrators and beyond me, we need to normalize that and rethink how we're doing education. So that way my teachers can walk out at three. Well, for us, it's four, but they can walk out and it's, they're done. Like, yeah. Don't worry about it and then come back to work the next morning and do it all over again and and be refueled, be re-energized. So, Rick, it was a long response, but I think they're they're great. They're great. And so I want to say thank you for sharing those. Good. Um, so as we begin to wrap up here, because I'm sure that people are like, wait a minute, I, I love what this guy is saying. <laughs> we are connecting. Um you know, you talked a little bit about Relate Then Educate. How can they find you? How can they connect with the company, whether they just want to connect and see some of the amazing work you're doing or even bring you in to connect with their teachers and staff? How, how could they reach you? Our, our hub is RelateThenEducate.com. It's our website. It's got a little bit of everything on there. Um, and so, you know, if you're interested in hearing from teachers, we have videos of teachers, uh, you know, talking about specific things, but whether it be mental health or the first few years, we've got a, a first year teacher journal running. So one of actually one of my former players and students, she started her first job in Missouri um, this, this year. And so she agreed to about once a month, just, Hey, send check-ins like this, this is happening. This is what I'm struggling with so that people can like say, hey, yeah, Okay, so I, I'm not the only one going through that. Um, you know, if if you are interested in having us at, at your school, we would love to come. We travel. Uh, our heart is for teachers, and we want to get in front of teachers and talk to teachers. Um, and that you can find us uh, on the speaker page, and you can see you know kind of what we talk about, and then uh, contact us from there. Uh, we mentioned Katie Kinder. We we brought her in, and she uh, she is on there as well. She speaks, you know, directly to those younger teachers as well. Um, you know, we have a, a podcast that we just started. You know, uh, we're, we're we're we want to uh, use video. We want to use audio. Uh, we want to use any media that we can to get teachers' voices out there. And then, obviously, we have the book coming out later this year that we're very excited about. So, yeah, relateandeducate.com. Uh, you can find a lot of our information there. And then follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're, we're out there. We're engaged. Um, and drop us a line any way that you want to. Wonderful. Well, Rick, I want to say thank you, uh, you know, for not just coming on the show and connecting. Uh, I... I was familiar with what the work that you're doing, but now I feel like I look, know so much more and am deeply connected. So I thank you for that. Um, but just thank you. Thank you for doing this work. I think that teachers need to hear this. I think teachers need to be reminded of their importance and, and, and to stand tall and, and firm in who they are, but also for administrators. I think yeah. we need to hear this and be reminded that we need to take care of our people. I know that is something I pride myself in. I talk about it all the time. But as general, we as administrators get so caught up in all the things we need to do and they become tasks. Yeah. And then we look at our teachers as getting these tasks done. And sometimes we forget they're people and they need things as well. And so yeah. thank you for that. So administrators, if you're listening today, just take a moment and make sure that you're connecting with the people 
who are in your building because they're the ones who make everything run. We know that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Rick, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing to uh, bring in voices that are changing the narrative of education, which I think is important. Um, and so thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, no problem, Rick. And I look forward to connecting with you. And I might have to pick up a few of those uh, first year teacher journals. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. Well, you take care and uh, I'll see you soon. Okay. Sounds good. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at The CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.